0: The number you have dialed is the not in service. a presentation of the Bnb and Sports Broadcasting Network. Hello. And you're listening to BB
1: Sports Broadcasting Network. is
0: hit well right up the middle, a diving stop. They will keep them going into the outfield, but not able to pop up the main
1: This is Matt Andrews, voice of the Mobile Bats, and you're listening to BB Sports
0: Broadcasting Network. It's a ground ball. Whitlock has it. He's going to flip to Guerra, touch the base. And that is it, folks. I didn't mention it, but Javier Guerra has just pitched his first. I'm sure it's his first collegiate no-hitter. And the air is going to be in shallow right field. Another play for William. Here we go. Drew Beckman comes up big. Line drive, single right up the middle to score Whitlock. Now to Tim Ryan on the B&B Sports Broadcasting Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com podcast. My name is Tim Bryan, and I'll be your host. My special guest today will be Ryan Wheat from Ryan Wheat Baseball.
1: I always tell people that baseball is the avenue that brings you know a bunch of guys together. You care about the kids, and you care about not only their personal growth but their team growth and their academics. A lot of you, a, a lot of your singles come from, and B that's where your doubles and home runs come from. The National Letter of Intent is a binding agreement. It's a contract. We try to get out of the traditional half-hour lesson and, and think of it as a, more of a, a whole body of work
0: approach. com is a new website devoted entirely to Louisville Area High School Baseball, namely the 6th, 7th, and 8th regions. Our website is fan-driven and is like a bleacher report for Louisville Area High School Baseball. The purpose of these podcasts are to bring the audience a little closer to the teams, allow fans to be engaged and be a part of the conversation. We will have a special guest each show leading up to the season. Once the season starts, we'll talk about the past week's action. We'll look at who's hot and who's not. Look ahead to the coming week and have a local college baseball segment and hopefully be informative and have a little bit of fun doing it. If you're not listening to this podcast at com, please take some time and head over to our site, When you're there, you can subscribe to be a content contributor. Just go to the very bottom of the page, click on Become a Content Contributor, fill out the form, and someone from uh, LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com will contact you. You can also subscribe to the site, and whenever a new article or podcast is posted, uh, you will be notified. Please help us spread the word. And lastly, follow us on Twitter. We are at L-O-U-H-S-B-B-A-L-L exciting news just this week we posted the 2017 broadcast schedule and we have some great matchups coming your way we begin the season at the cells for their first game uh, at the new rex robinson memorial field that game will be wednesday march the 15th they'll be hosting western hills and that'll be a 6 p.m start time Uh, some other games i'm going to let you know about uh, march the 25th it'll be butler at mail march the 27th saint xavier at bullet east April the 14th, Ballard at Butler. April the 25th, St. Xavier at Mel. And May the 10th, it'll be PRP at St. Xavier. And these are just a few of the games we'll be bringing you this season. Please stop by the website at louisvillehighschoolbaseball.com for a complete listing. If you found us on Facebook, please give us a like. If you found us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and please subscribe. Our podcast can also be found at livesportscaster.com, bbsnonline.com, SoundCloud and now on iTunes. Very excited to have our special guest uh, with us today, uh, Ryan Wheat. Ryan is a graduate of Oldham County High School and Spalding University. His coaching career includes Spalding University, Moorhead State University, Desales High School and St. Joseph's College. Ryan serves as the assistant as an assistant coach at Trinity High School. He is the director of player development for Ironmen Baseball Organization. He's an associate scout for the Boston Red Sox. And Ryan is dedicated to growing the game of baseball in the Louisville area in terms of development and exposure. Ryan has been fortunate enough to work with 24 players who have gone on to play professional baseball in his 13 years of coaching. On top of the professional players, uh, Ryan has also worked with numerous players that have gone on and played uh, college baseball. It is a great pleasure to welcome our guest today. Ryan, welcome.
1: Tim, thank you so much, man. It's a pleasure to be
0: on. All right. Well, just to start off, we're going to kind of gear the first por- portion of this uh, podcast today toward recruiting. Um, and like I said, you've, you've been coaching for quite a while. Uh, what is probably one of your favorite parts of coaching?
1: Uh, it's the players. Um it's going out there and developing relationships with them every, you know, day, not just on the field, but, you know, you get to know their families, you get to know, um, uh, their girlfriends that turn into their, to their future wives and, and, uh, just kind of seeing them grow up. You almost take more pleasure going to their weddings, um, and going to, you know, kids' birthdays and whatnot, uh, more than you take with the wins and losses.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of times that uh, beginning relationship that you guys have on the baseball field—that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg for you guys.
1: Absolutely, Uh It's you know I always always tell people that baseball is the avenue that brings you know a bunch of guys together, but uh, it, it's what they do after baseball that is very meaningful. Uh, went up to the St. Joseph's College banquet, and I was able last weekend we went up there, and I was able to. Uh, take my son and, and show all the guys from from previous teams up there that I coached that sat, we sat with, you know, tables of players and hung out with them, and it was just, I mean, it's just, you have those guys in your in your life for the rest of your life, and, um, you know, it's, that, that phone line's always open, that communication's always open. You may not talk to them all the time or see them all the time, but hopefully they know that. You can call them, and or they can call you, and and uh, get any help they need. So,
0: yeah. And you you've been doing this uh, on the high school and the, the college level, and uh, it seems like. You know a player's not going to go unnoticed if he has baseball skills and, and he has a lot of people Or, uh, you know hopefully he has different schools that are kind of uh, trying to court him to come come their way um what does it take to be a good recruiter to to get some of these players that you really want to have uh, you know to add on to your roster well
1: I, I really I think it's two things I, ha- I think you have to have a proven track record in development and you have to be able to to convey the message that um, you care about the kids and you care about not only their personal growth but their team growth and their academic growth and um, you know it's, it's a lot easier evaluation is a lot easier than people think um, someone throws hard and you know runs fast and hits it far then there's going to be a lot of people that want it I think in the recruiting process a lot of times it's we all see a good player then we try to pick them apart and once you get through that picking-apart stage, those are the guys that you, that you want in your program that you know that can help you win a national title.
0: Okay, so uh, personality and, and work ethic and, and attitude and all those things are just as important uh, as evaluating the baseball skills?
1: Absolutely. Uh, there's two things. Like when you, when you start talking about players and, and their growth and their development... Sean McDermott, who's the, the uh, associate head coach at University of Illinois Chicago, has a great line, and uh, it is, smarter gets better faster. So, in baseball, you know, it's, we're limited scholarship-wise, um, number one, so you have to get creative in ways to, to make college affordable for, for players. Mm. So, hey, you have to bring in a good student a lot of times. If you don't bring in a good student, then that means it's just going to cost you more scholarship money because you want that kid in your program. So, uh, so my experience is that same thing. When he said it, it really clicked me. Better gets smarter, or smarter gets better faster. Mm -hmm. So you try to find, you try to kind of pick through and say, okay, if someone is, is good in the classroom, it's a reflection of their character. It's a reflection of their work ethic. And it's a reflection of their intelligence. So all things you have to have to be a good baseball player.
0: Mm -hmm. And as kids transition from um, the the high school um, level of play to the college level of play, I mean, most of these kids, when they come from high school, they're going to be one of the top one or two players on their team. Do you see something or any type of a trend, kids uh, transitioning from high school to college, as to what they lack when they're trying to take that next step?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it's definitely commitment. Um, A typical day for a college baseball player in the fall, and this is the off-season, is that you're going to get up at 6 a.m., you're going to lift weights at 6.30, you're going to go eat breakfast after you're done with your hour-and-a-half, two-hour lift, then you're going to go home, or you're going to go back to your dorm or your apartment or wherever the case may be, and you're going to take a shower, then you're going to go to four to five hours of class, and after class, now you have early work, you know, your early skill developmental work, and then you're going to have a three-hour practice on top of that. Then after everything's all said and done, then you're going to go to study hall. So now you're, you're starting to talk that is it's uh, a lot of hours each day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, places I've been, it's, you know, it's been 10, 12 hours a day. And, you know, I think when, when high school kids go in and they 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 love signing day. They Well, first, they love the day they commit. They're able to announce it on social media. And they love signing day. But those are really just the first two steps. That's, you know, the old saying is the hardest part is not making it to the big league, staying in the big league.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think you're seeing a trend now with college baseball is that you see a ton of freshmen come in and then a lot of those freshmen aren't there the following year. Yeah. So... It doesn't matter if it's a power five school or if it's a division three school or junior college. It's the commitment is the same at any level. But it's um, the tough part is finding those kids that are that are A have the the ability to stay there from a skill standpoint and B that are committed to the long hours and the long days.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you you actually coached uh, my youngest son, Brandon, and I had him on a podcast uh, probably about four weeks ago, and one of the things that he said to me, I, I mean, I wasn't there on you know to the day-to-day grind that you guys call it, but he said one thing about it when you're playing college baseball, it's some of the best sleep you'll ever get because when you fall in bed at night after after a regular day, he said you're pretty much exhausted, and he said it's the best sleep you ever had, and you wake up the next day and you do it all over again.
1: Yeah, that's, that's probably a really good way to put it. It's uh. You can see it. You can see those guys kind of start at the end of the day, especially in study hall. I can't tell you how many guys have had to wake up during study <laughs> hall, or, yeah. uh, or you know, they get in trouble in there, or whatever the case may be. So it is, and I and I think that's the that's the message to convey is that hey mean your college career isn't over the day you sign, or you know, it's it's not it's not, and that's when it starts,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. I think a lot of people think, "Well, I've reached my goal. I have reached my goal of signing with a Power Five school, or you know, or a Division Three school. It doesn't matter." So, um, but no, that's when it starts. It's not. It's not the day that you sign the piece of paper because now you have to go in and, and keep your job or keep your spot on the roster.
2: Right.
0: All right, to backtrack just a little bit, there's a lot that uh, a prospective college athlete has to negotiate. I know there's the uh, NCAA Clearinghouse, and there's certain things they have to do. Could you kind of walk a, a prospective player or a prospective parent uh, through what they need to do for that player to be eligible to play at the Division One or Division Two level?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the Clearinghouse is something that um, basically all it does is – it certifies your amateur status one, and number two, it it makes you uh, it gives you a spot to take all of your ACT scores, your transcripts, uh, SAT scores, whatever the case may be, and that and they can rule you eligible to, to participate in NCA sports. Um, so there's two parts. Number like I said, it, there's the, the amateurism part, and then there's the the eligibility part. Mm-hmm. I will say this with the amateurism part; it makes you feel kind of like a criminal. Yeah. And the amateurism part is not for baseball players generally. It's for it's for you know basketball, uh, especially with the kids that come from overseas. So, um, so a lot of people, I, I can't tell you how many recruits I've had in the past that, hey, I'm filling out this clearinghouse, and my summer coach bought me a a sub-challenge because our parents weren't there, and, you know, is is this making me ineligible? It's like, no, man, it's okay. It's okay. You weren't getting paid to play. You weren't an employee of a a team. You were just, you know, someone just picked up your lunch for you Mm -hmm. you who wasn't an agent or an advisor. So um, then the second part is the eligibility part. Now, high schools have gotten really, really good, and they're up to speed on this now. So... Guidance counselors are your almost your biggest resource, especially if you're a borderline uh, student, mm-hmm. um, and that they understand, you know what what NCAA, NC two A eligibility is. So the the key to this is getting everything in on time. You start the process early is number one, and number two is you get all your stuff in on time. So. Like now the ACT has a code where you can, you know, each school has a code. Well, the eligibility center has a code now where you can just put that code in and your scores go automatically to the eligibility center. Mm -hmm. The high schools, you got to stay on your guidance counselors about getting your your transcripts in and getting your final transcripts in. The more you stay on top of it, the better off you're going to be. I, and I took that on as a personal responsibility because my first year at St. Joe, we had a freshman who could not get eligible because they weren't on top of the process. Mm-hmm. So they ended up having the red shirt, and, and that was, you know, very frustrating to say the least. Not only from the coaching end, but from the the person that wanted to see this kid get going in his college career. Now he, now he had to end up sitting out of fall. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the key is, though, staying on top of it and making sure that everything gets in. If your your son or daughter wants to play college baseball, start the process as a freshman. So, um... You know,
0: it's just kind of one of those deals. Yeah. Is, is it something uh, that you guys can use as a tool? I mean, if you're out recruiting and, and you see a kid and, and you think, man, I, you know, I wouldn't mind having this guy on my team, is there a way that you guys can go check to see if, if he's, you know, started to take these steps? I mean, other than just going up and asking the player or the parent?
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah, you can run everything through compliance. Um, but a lot of times, you know, a kid can't go on a college visit – uh, unless they have their they've started the process with the clearing house mm-hmm. so uh, you know especially now with early recruiting and this is what we try to tell our kids that involved with the Ironmen is that you know you everybody at this point you know it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or sophomore and you want to play college baseball at this point go ahead and spend the $75 so now if the recruiting process speeds up on you all you have to do is You know, that's one step you don't have to take Mm -hmm. uh, and try to rush around and do. So, you can go to compliance, but the best way to do it is, to me, was always have that communication with with the the player and the parents just because, you know, a lot of times it's um, the recruiting process. Parents are very – it's foreign to them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, um, you know, if you can, as a recruiter, if you can help them along with that process – um, a, you're doing your job, and B, it's you know, it can only help you in the long run.
0: Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned a couple times about about signing day, and, and I'm sure you're referring to uh, uh, the national letter of intent. Um, is is that a binding agreement? Is that something that a, a a athlete and their parents really need to think about before they sign that uh, sign on that line? Or the repercussions if you decide, hey, later that you know, I really don't want to go to this school.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, the 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 national letter of intent is a binding agreement. It's a contract.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what you, when you sign your name, what you're saying is, for one year, this school is going to be going to give me this amount of money, and um, and I'm going to attend the school. So, and now, can you get out of it? Absolutely. But you don't want to. You don't want to put yourself in that situation because. You know, very rarely do you not use, lose a year of eligibility after you sign an NLI. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's like, you know, that is your 100% I'm all in, I, I'm going to be a part of this school and in this program. So,
0: yeah. Um. Just looking at, uh, at some of the websites around here that uh, list uh, kids that have already committed to playing baseball in college, you see some kids from the class of uh, 2020 and the class of uh, 2021, 20, uh, not very many, but a few of them that have already committed. In your opinion, do you think that's too early for a kid to commit to a university?
1: You know, it's it's one of those deals that, here's what I hate about it, and i and I hopefully, I answer the question. Okay. <laughs> is that there's two things. I, 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 I pray every day that baseball does not turn into football. Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden this kid's going to be video video on his his signing as NLI, and he's going to pull out a different hat and put it on. Right. You know, to me, it's the day you commit is the day that you're saying, "Hey, I want to be a part of this program." Now that works on the other side too. When you get a commitment, if you're the school, if you're the coach, and you get a commitment from a, a, a an eighth grader or a freshman or whatever the case may be, you're saying, "Okay, hey, I want, we want you a part of this program." Now, what happens is the recruiting process stops. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Baseball is not like football. You don't go in and and say, "Oh, you're committed to to Louisville." Well, I'm going to try to. You know, try to, I'm going to still recruit you. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and a lot of people, you know, that a lot of people do that. They, they honor that commitment from the coaching it. I know when I was recruiting, it was, i call a kid, sir, you know, uh, thank you for the phone call. I just committed to so and so. I'd say, hey man, good luck. You yep. know, best luck to you. Hope, hope everything works out. Mm-hmm. I would not try to give him my pitch anymore. Right. So, uh, Now, you have certain guys in certain areas that you may have grown up, like in our area, a Louisville fan, and and Louisville recruits you at an early age and you commit. Well, that's probably your dream school. That's probably where, no matter what, you know, you were going to go if you give given the opportunity. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with that. What I think should happen is the day you commit – Verbally is the day you should sign. That's how I think you get around all this. Yeah, I think early recruiting stops if you say, "Okay, look, hey, we have we have an eighth grader committing. All right, so he's going to sign." Now, I don't know if you know. I would be interested to see how that played out in the future. So, um, you know, and, and this is the other thing for kids that are listening to this or parents that are listening to this, just because you're committed doesn't mean the school's always committed to you. And I've seen that happen a number of times, you know, especially coaching at the division two level. It comes down to signing day and a power five school or, you know, a mid-major division one school says, Hey, we over-recruited. We had something happen. You're going to have to go play, find somewhere else to play. Mm -hmm. We didn't develop like you thought you were going to develop, you know, You're going to have to find somewhere else to play. So, um, so my, you know, my opinion and recommendation is, you know, you can't stop the exposure part. Just because you commit doesn't mean, doesn't mean that that's where you're going to end up. Everybody has a story. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not everybody goes out like Jeter and David Ortiz. Right. So, um, you know, you've got to figure out, A, how to protect yourself, and B, how to uh, how to keep the process going.
0: Yeah. And, again, it comes back to what you had mentioned earlier about having having a relationship with that coach, that recruiter, that school. Um, and, hopefully, you know, you're, you're going to be able to get a – as a recruiter, get a pretty good feel on, on how committed that player is to your program. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's – I think that's the biggest part. It's fit. Yeah, you know the process is fit. It's not necessarily who you recruit to, or you know, if you're a big power hitting guy that you go to a program that bunch a lot, that's probably not a great fit for you. So, um, you know, it's you have, to, you have to know what you're getting into before you get into it.
0: Yeah. Um, explain. To the, the folks that are listening, I know. Anytime you look at a roster, there's going to be some some shuffling and some settling out that occurs after the the first couple years. Um, explain to folks that are listening um, if you can move from one division to another, and if there are uh, penalties for doing that.
1: Yes, there are. You can. Here's the the general transfer rule: um, is you can always transfer down a division. So a division one player can transfer to division two player with no repercussion. Mm -hmm. If you transfer laterally or up at the division one, two or division one and division two level, so if I go from division two to division one, then I have to sit out a year. If I go from one division or one division one to another division one, then you have to sit out a year. The division three rules are a little bit different. You can you can transfer, and you you don't have to sit out. There may be some conference rules where you can't go to someone in conference, or you can't, or you know, you can't go to someone in state or something like that. Right. For the most part, they have they have those rules where they can kind of transfer freely.
0: Okay. Now, when you're
1: when you say go ahead. That's because at the Division Three level, there are no national letters of intent.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, when you say you have to sit out a year, that's not losing a year of eligibility. You can you can still you know practice and all that. You just can't play for that team. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. And, and sitting out, I mean, you, you red shirt. Right. So. Um, so yeah, you can practice. You can you can stay in the weight room. You can you can do all those things. Um, you're a part of that roster. Mm-hmm. So now, if you if you get into the gray shirt situation, you can't. So which is a whole new ball of wax now that's recently came up the last few years. So um, and the gray shirt is you're not on the roster, but you're not you're not on the roster, but they still want you to stay there. Yeah. So. And that's when you you know you can't use the facilities or weight room. You just have to do it all on your own. So.
0: Okay. Well, that was going to bring me to my next question. You hear it talked about a lot um, about kids that are being redshirted. Um, is there a, a minimum amount that you can play and still be redshirted? Or once you step out on that field and take a ground ball or, or take your hacks uh, you know, up at the plate, that constitute you playing a year, and then after that you can't redshirt. I'm sure there's there's injuries and things like that that may play a part in right. it, but just uh, just to give us an idea about that.
1: I look at redshirts like this. I think there are three. Okay, there's three different type of redshirts. There's an academic redshirt, a kid that dis- doesn't get it done in the classroom. We're going to have to sit him out a year to get him right academically. Mm-hmm. The second redshirt is injury. You can play... Up to twenty percent of your season, and then if you get injured in that first twenty percent, you can you can put in for uh, a red shirt and and not have and that year not count. Okay. But if there's a red shirt from a from a skill development or uh, a roster situation, those guys can't play it off. Okay. So the minute you, you step foot on the field. In, into a lineup you're not going to you'll lose that year so and here's a, here's another thing too like a lot of times guys in the fall okay so now you're starting to see more teams play in the fall mm-hmm. well if you participate in the fall then that's counted towards the season so there was a school a few years ago that Had intention, wasn't aware of the rule, had intention of redshirting a bunch of guys, but they played them in some games, and they burned their year of eligibility. So, um, meaning like fall outside scrimmages. Right. So, it was a a major, major screw-up on the coaching staff's part.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. All right. Well, that uh, takes me through the recruiting questions that I had for you. As I mentioned, as I mentioned in the introduction, um, you have your um, own baseball academy, so to speak, Ryan Ryan Wheat Baseball. And uh, I know you've been doing that uh, for a while. What do you guys offer, and and what separates Ryan Wheat Baseball from other places that offer similar services?
1: Well, I think that uh, we try to get out of the traditional half-hour lesson. And and think of it as a more of a a whole body of work approach. So we, we offer different different memberships and whatnot. And um, so so a player comes in, he's going to be in a thirty minute individual at certain times of the year. Um, he's going to be in group lessons at certain times of the year. He has the ability to come to different defensive um, workouts. Um, I have a hit tracks machine, so that automatically puts them into like a, a hitting lead with our hit tracks machine, and you know, so it kind of we encompass the whole part of development mm-hmm. um, where you have to learn the information, then you have to rep the information, then you have to execute the information.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, you know, player development is something that I'm very very passionate about, and going through um and I've've you know I've, I've given lessons for a long time and you know it, it may work for some people and that's great but I find that the more you mix it up and the more that you're able to to do instead of just you know half hour a week or whatever the case may be,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you see players get better. So um, you know it's, it's one of those situations that you have to you have to get you have to chase velocity, right? So we have a pitching machine that cranks it up, and you know kids hit off the pitching machine. Mm-hmm. You have to compete. You know that's one true part of development is, is competition. So um, that's why we do the hitting leagues throughout the winter. Is that so? Now you're able to get in a competitive situation when no one else is. Mm-hmm. So I think you know we just really focus on the player, and we focus on on uh, the best way to develop them.
0: Well, you mentioned the the hit tracks machine. What does that uh, What does that allow you guys to do?
1: Man, I'm telling you, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen uh, from a baseball standpoint. So, basically, what it does is it brings the field to the cage. So, a lot of times, you go and hit in a cage, and you think about hitting a ball straight up the middle, or you know, or you have hit one into the pull corner of it, and you think it's really far, but um, it takes, it has three high-speed cameras and LED boards, which are basically the, the inside of a radar gun. Mm-hmm. And it every ball that's hit, it gives you an exit velocity, a direction, meaning what, what field it's hit to, and excuse me, and it gives you a launch angle. Mm-hmm. So, it takes all that information and tells you how far you hit it and where you hit it. And now you can do it in every major league stadium, scaled down to your age,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and just kind of see the ball fly and, um, you know, the cage can fool you a lot of times, um, you know, especially if it's if you're constantly, like, hitting low line drives, you know, 30, 40 feet down the cage, mm-hmm. you think those balls are line drives to the infield, and they're not, they're ground balls. Yeah. So... And you know we all we were all taught for years that the, the top of the cage were or the top of the cage was a bad thing. Never hit it up there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where your a lot of your, a a lot of your singles come from, and B that's where your doubles and home runs come from. So all it does is it kind of allows you to have the freedom to be a hitter instead of a robot trying to hit everything up the middle, no matter where it's pitched. Mm-hmm.
0: So, that sounds pretty cool.
1: That's by far the coolest thing. Yeah, by far the coolest thing I've ever seen, and I'm just lucky to to, to have one. And and you know the guys that we work with are able to get on it. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, where is your facility located?
1: You know, right now uh, I, I kind of work out of a couple different spots, and uh, we do a lot of stuff outside. So, if anyone uh, you know is interested or anything like that, just. They can give me a call or shoot me an email.
0: Okay. Uh, What is your email address?
1: It's Wheat. 25 at gmail.com. And my phone number is 502 544 Thirteen
0: ninety All right. Well, uh, in the show notes, I'm going to uh, have your website address on there, and I'm going to have a link to your website. Um, I really do appreciate your uh, you stopping in, or not stopping in, but um, spending some time with me today and, and going over the recruiting process. It's a lot of great information, and uh, with the information that I already have on the website and what you've provided today, it's really going to give uh, parents and players a, a jump start to, into the recruiting process. All right, Ryan. Yeah,
1: well, I appreciate the time.
0: All right, man, and, and uh, thanks again, right. and uh, if you would be interested, uh, we can uh, have you on again and uh, maybe cover some other topics. Absolutely. All right. Love you, Tim. Thanks. All right, thank you very much, and I do appreciate your time today. That will conclude our broadcast for today. If you're not listening to this podcast at LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com, please take some time and head over to the site. When you're there, you can subscribe to the site and be notified of new podcasts or articles as they're posted. If you're interested in becoming a content contributor, and we are looking for content contributors from all the teams in the 6th, 7th, and 8th region, just go to the bottom of the homepage, click on Become a Content Contributor, and someone from LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com will contact you. Make sure you do stop by the site and check out our 2017 broadcast schedule that we just posted. A lot of really good matchups coming up this season. If you found us on Facebook, give us a like. If you found us on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. Our podcast can also be found at livesportscaster.com, bbsnonline.com, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Once again, a special thank you to today's guest, Ryan Wheat, and thank you for listening to the LouisvilleHighSchoolBaseball.com podcast. My name's Tim Bryan. Make it a great day.